there, entrepreneur, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Before we jump in, I just wanted to remind you that at least here in the States, tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. And what does that mean? It means that it is time to reach out. It is time to find the person, find the organization that you can make an impact with. And that impact you'll hear us talk about in today's episode, because we're all about giving today, doesn't have to be some massive undertaking. It doesn't have to be a million dollar donation. You know, it could be reaching out to somebody that you haven't spoken to in a while and giving them your time, you know, but giving without this expectation of receiving something back is really key. And honestly, I mean, I'm happy that there's a Giving Tuesday, but I think it should be kind of a year round thing, right? And you'll hear us talk more about that too on today's episode, but have that organization or that person start thinking about it as you're listening to today's episode. And I promise you will not regret it. But for right now, I'm jumping in with the incredible, or rather, should I say unstoppable, Cynthia Kersey. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. Hey there, entrepreneurs, and welcome to today's show. This is one that I'm using to kick off the giving season, although I do tend to think the giving season should be year-round, folks. Um, And I am joined by the lovely Cynthia Kersey, who is the founder and CEO of the Unstoppable Foundation, which focuses, you know, their focus is to ensure that every child, every child, folks, on the planet has access to the lifelong gift of education. She's a respected leader in the transformational industry, a best-selling author of two books, Unstoppable and Unstoppable Women, an international speaker, a beautiful human being on this planet. (laughs) And, you know, one of the things that I know that we're going to be speaking about, you know, is what Cynthia knows firsthand is that giving is not only good for business, but it's good for your soul. So Cynthia, welcome to today's show. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Michelle. So great to be with you. Yeah. I mean, this is just such a needed conversation, but before we jump in, because I know we're going to speak about kind of the benefits of giving and, you know, how that just makes you a better person, quite frankly. Um, But please tell us, you know, a little bit about your start on your journey to giving, how it transformed you. I know you had a conversation with Millard Fuller in there. So just give us kind of the backstory. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, you know, I was, um, going through my career, you know, the idea wasn't, uh, to find a purpose, right. It was really more, how do I take, how do I do something I love? How do I take care of my family? And, um, and it wasn't around integrating giving in my business. And I just, so I was in, you know, corporate America, uh, started as an entry-level telemarketer, made it to uh, a national account manager, making a six-figure income, and I'm not inspired by what I'm doing. So I decided that I literally would quit my job, cash in my entire life savings um, to be able to write a book called Unstoppable. That was kind of the beginning. 
And, you know, and what was my purpose? My purpose was to inspire people to live unstoppable lives. And so put everything on the line because I'd always been inspired. I'm sure you are too. You interview people all the time who have, you know, a, uh, a path that's calling them and it seems impossible or they experience all sorts of challenges, but they hang in there. And so I decided I got so much inspiration. I wanted to share that with other people. So um, my book comes out, you know, I'm finally living my purpose. And 18 months after the book came out, my 20 year marriage ended. And I, one of the people that I had interviewed for the book was Millard Fuller, the founder of Habitat for Humanity. And I talked to him and he said, when you have a great pain in your life, you need a greater purpose. And I thought, what are you talking about? I'm already, you know, I left a corporate job, you know, like what more of a purpose do I need? Exactly. But as I really sat with it, Michelle, I realized the purpose of even inspiring people to live unstoppable lives was not bigger than the pain that I was experiencing. And he said, why don't you build a house for a family in need? And he had just gotten back from Nepal and told me how, I mean, stunningly beautiful the country is and the people are, and yet it's one of the most impoverished nations in the world. And, you know, um, he said, you know, why don't you build a house there? And I'm thinking, how many houses would I need to build that offsets this pain in my life? Now, understand I'd never built one house. I'd never raised money before, you know, but as I sat with it, I thought, well, I don't know, five Five, five times more than I've ever done. Exactly. And it just like didn't even move the needle in my heart, you know, and I went to 10 and then 20 and then 50. And literally it wasn't until I hit 100 houses that felt bigger than my pain. So that year while I'm speaking, yeah, it's crazy, huh? That's a lot of houses. And, um, <laughs> that's a lot of houses. Know, yeah. Huh? That's, that's, a, that's lot a lot of houses. It's yeah. <laughs> a lot of houses. The thing is, you know, they're only $2,000 a house. So it was like $200,000, but it might as well have been 2 million. You know, I'd never raised any money before, but all I did was when I was out there speaking and literally so many times, uh, you know, would be crying, you know, and like my eyes would be all puffy and, you know, just going through my own healing through that process. And I would think about, the families that didn't even have a roof over their head. Yeah. And it really provided that reality check for me. You know, I was doing fine. You know, I had a house, I was living in a house, my basic needs were taken care of. Right. So I, you know, just decided that anyway, so, you know, I, as I'm out there talking, I ended up raising the money. And then 18 months later, I took 18 people with me to Nepal And we worked on the first three of the 100 homes that were built that year. And this is the key thing because, and I'm sure you may have experienced this before, certainly people that are listening to us, when we give, sometimes we think, oh my gosh, you know, we're just doing something wonderful for this person, right? Or these people or community or whatever, which I was, but what I didn't anticipate was how it would change my life. I mean, I'm still talking about it. I went there in what, 1990, uh, well, I guess it was the year 2000 and it's 20, you know, 21 years ago. Yeah. And it is still a pivotal moment for me. 
And my life changed as a result of that experience. And that's when I started integrating giving in my life and in my business. Wow. Wow. I mean, that is, that's so remarkable that you said that. And I think it's, it is surprising to folks sometimes, I mean, myself included, like what you just described, you go in and you're like, okay, let me, I love how you do like the formula. How many houses (laughs) equates themselves to my pain, you know, like like a true, like go getter, right. With that, you're like, let me just check off the box. Seriously. But you're right. It's like, you don't realize like the transformation that goes on inside of you when you're giving, because we are all kind of part of one big ecosystem. Right. And I, earlier today, I was watching, there's a promo video you guys did for the foundation where the little boy drops a bottle, like a bottle with a message in it in the oh, water right, to like go spread right. the, noise, the, the news and to like help the cause. And I was crying. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, because we are all interconnected. So I think that is, that's just such a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, you know, so just to, to transition well, to, and, yeah, keep going, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You, no, I, I was just going to say, and so often, you know, going through a pandemic or anything really challenging, I, you know, I've talked to a lot of people where they've looked, you know, without, how can we give, how can I give instead of focusing on my needs and what do I, what can I do for myself? And what can you do for me? Even worse, right? Yes. Yes. It's not very attractive coming from that place, but when you're really looking at how can I be of service, it gives your life meaning. It gives your life purpose and um, such an important time in the world where giving, I mean, it really is. I can think of nothing that can invigorate your life, your business, your career more than finding something that's bigger than you to get behind. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't have said that better myself just because like you said, like there's so many times, especially in a business sense, when you come into, like, I feel like at this point I can kind of spot it a mile away when there's somebody coming at you who just wants kind of that tit for tad or very transactional or very kind of like what's in it for me mentality. And I'm not saying like, don't have your interest at heart. That's not what I'm saying either. Cause as yeah. women, I feel like, especially like we need to be unstoppable in, in that way. However, there's a difference mm-hmm. and there's a law of the universe that I believe in very strongly of what you put out comes back at you. And, but talk to us about, because sometimes when you're in that low place, it seems counterintuitive to go, to go give, yeah. you know, you're like, come on, I've haven't I given enough. Like you're in that victim mentality mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Well, I'll give you a good story that really kind of demonstrates what I'm talking about. So a woman many years ago, her name is Cami Walker, and she was at the height of her career. She had just gotten married. She came back from her honeymoon and she woke up one morning and she couldn't move her hand, her left hand. And she ended up going to the, to the doctors and over a period of tests, she was diagnosed as having multiple sclerosis. And it, it just, it was a very quick onset and in a very short period of time, like she's in and out of the hospital, she's in pain. And it was like her hope, you know, for this amazing future with her husband and her business was just like deteriorating and she's in the hospital and a friend and really kind of a spiritual advisor to her came and met with her. And, you know, Cammie's in the hospital, she's all depressed. And uh, the woman's name is Mabali. And she said, Cammie, I understand the situation you're in right now, but you've got to stop thinking about yourself all the time because yeah. it's just magnifying, right? right? Yeah. And Cammie, Cammie was outraged. I mean, imagine 
you know, you're in the hospital, you're feeling horrible. And this woman is telling you to get your mind off of yourself. You're like, get on, get over and, it. That's like know, saying like, just, get over it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> get over it. Come on. Exactly. And so, but she listened, you know, resentfully and, um, Abali said, listen, I want you to do something special. I want you to give away 29 gifts in 29 days. So one gift a day. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm in the hospital. What can I give? And she said, it doesn't matter. You can give a kind word, a smile, you know, a prayer, a blessing. But the key thing is that you give from a place of abundance, right? So you're not like holding back. You're giving, you know, as unto God. I mean, there's different ways that you could say it, Uh, but with no attachment to how they'll respond. And so she thought, well, it can't make it worse, my situation. <laughs> True. So every day, you know, she like somebody came into her room. Oh, I know. The first thing that she did is she called a friend who also had multiple sclerosis and her friend's husband was traveling. So she thought, okay, I'll just connect with her and see how she's doing. And after that conversation, she felt better. So she thought, huh. So every day she's doing something literally halfway into this 29 days, she's noticing like she's starting to be able to not only feel better, but walk, take steps without her cane. Wow. Like, and by the time she was done, she and her husband did this, you know, one mile walk, which before she couldn't walk, you know, 400 feet. And, you know, did she still have multiple sclerosis? Yes. It wasn't like it healed her from every ailment. But what it did is it gave her a purpose and it helped her realize that she had things she could give, you know, and she could, her life wasn't over. Maybe it looked different than what she had anticipated, but she still had the ability to contribute and to live a meaningful life. And I think that is a really powerful story because I don't care where you are, what you've gone through. Your story can be a blessing to someone else. If you're willing just to listen or to, you know, you know, like easy ways, maybe you're in a grocery store and you, you know, you let somebody in front of you or you pay for somebody's Starbucks. I mean, who knows, right? It's kind of like, where are you feeling inspired to do something? Exactly. Yeah. And it's not a sense of obligation, right? Because I can hear, That's right. I can hear some of my, my friends um, in their heads, like, especially right now in the pandemic where, you know, women in particular are giving, 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 giving out of maybe potentially a sense of obligation were burnt. Mm-hmm. But again, it, the other kinds like you're describing, you know, really does reinvigorate you. You know, I go through the Dunkin' That's Donuts right. drive through and pay for the person behind me multiple times a week, especially if I'm having a bad week. That's yeah. like my go-to automatic right. easy yeah. thing to do. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and I do right. feel better. <laughs> exactly. That is an important point, Michelle, that you brought up is not giving, um, from obligation to, yeah. I mean, and we all do that. There are yes. certainly things in times where you do give out of obligation, but what I'm talking about is giving out of inspiration. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that you're invigorated. Even like you said, several times a week paying for somebody's Starbucks or whatever. Doesn't that, I mean, I'm sure it makes their day, but it really makes your day even more. It's like, yeah. wow, isn't it? I mean, it's just so fantastic to be able to do that. 
Yeah. I mean, I went through so a drive through, you know, looking like, where do you feel inspired? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, that's okay. I went through a drive through one day. I think it was at McDonald's or something like that with the kids. And, and we paid for the person behind us and the person behind the register said, okay, you're number 68 or something crazy like that. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, he's like, somebody started that. He's like, and because somebody had paid for us. So I paid for the person behind us. And he's like, he's right. like, and it's number 68. And then I watched like, you know, the local Facebook groups and somebody said, yeah, it got all the way up to like over a hundred, you know, until like oh, somebody wow, just didn't cool. have I've the change, you know, like some, somebody like literally didn't have the money. <laughs> you know, so to pay for the that's people behind cool. us, you know, but I mean, I can that's imagine so cool. the ripple effect I'm paying that forward. Yeah. Yikes. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Um, so what are the you other thinking? thing I wanted to mention? Yeah, of course. I, I do want to say one quick thing about what you said about, yeah. um, if I'm giving to you wanting something back, it's really trading. Yes. That's a very yes, important distinction. That is a very important um, distinction. It's a very important, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's a little, it's a lower level, right? If I'm going to give to you, like I'm going to mail to your list or I'm going to do something and you're expecting me to do something. It's not giving the highest level of giving. The transformational impact of giving is when I'm giving and expecting nothing in return, knowing that as I give, it will always come back to me in different ways. I just don't know. Yeah. You know, so that's, I think a very important distinction. And a lot of people give kind of like we, we said the tit for tat and that's, you know, again, it's not the highest level of inspired giving that we're talking about right now. Right. And I like the term that you're using inspired giving, right? Because I think mm-hmm. if we can be realistic and kind of take the shame or whatever it is off of the other categories, you know, and then name right. the other one accordingly as well, then, you know, at least you know what you're dealing with, because I imagine that there is quite a bit of resentment in this world built from exactly what you just said. Like I'm giving from a place, I think I'm giving from a place of inspired giving, but really I'm hoping you hit me back <laughs> with something later. Right. And that's, that's right. That's where resentment builds. Yes, it does. Yeah. There there's, yeah. When you give like, oh, you're helping your children or you're helping a niece, you're helping a family member and you've got some kind of an obligation around it. It's not a gift. It's a trade. And Bob Proctor, who's a dear friend and mentor, he's always said, when I give money, they could take the money and bury it in a hole in the backyard. Yeah. It doesn't matter because he's giving because he's inspired to give. Right. And I think that's a beautiful metaphor for giving. It's like, don't be attached. I mean, I've given money to people, you know, they said they needed a car and, you know, like, great. Oh my God. That inspired me so much to be a part of being able to help somebody get a car. Yeah. yeah. Now, did they always go buy the car afterwards? I think I've done that twice. I don't know that they did. And you know what? It doesn't it matter. Matter. No, doesn't and it's, matter. And it's I interesting. About it. It's interesting because I'm thinking of my fundraising training in grad school and, you know, finding out the motivation for the people and like, and, and there are situations where ego does come in and you do have donors who need the building named, who need the thing, you know, and, and that's like a different thing too. But I think again, it, it even speaks to the deeper motivation. You can have the building fine. Sure. But I don't necessarily view that. And I'd love your two cents on this. I don't necessarily view that in kind of the tit for tat area of things either. I'm not really sure. That's a weird situation then the legacy part of it. Yeah. Hey, I'm happy to give people what they want. So I mean, <laughs> exactly. you want a building? You know, and I, Here's a building. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. I'll yeah. put your name on <laughs> You know, and I honestly, Michelle, I think there's levels. So mm-hmm. people, as they grow in their own consciousness and their own giving, you know, um, if a building is important to them, I don't judge it, you know? So, um, and then there's some people that, you know, there's nothing you could give them. They don't care. So we'll take it all. Right. I mean, everybody's on their journey. So being a fundraiser, I'm grateful wherever they are on the giving path. I'm just, I'm just cracking up thinking about all the different situations in the past that I've been in that I'm like, I'll do whatever a million dollars. Cool. You know what we could do for a million dollars? So many people we would help and so much things we would impact and the ripple effect right. of that good. Poof. Yeah. That kid, that's the type oh, of thing that yeah. gets me chills with that. Um, but you know, yeah, so true. from a business perspective as well, I mean, all of these benefits aren't just on the personal side, right? If you're doing business, right. you know, talk to us a little bit about how giving, you know, makes you a better mm. business person as well. Yeah. Well, even going back to Sir John Templeton, you know, he was called uh, one of the greatest stock advisors of the 20th century. And people were constantly, he was a billionaire. And people were constantly saying, well, what is your secret? You know, how can I be like you are and, and, and amass a lot of wealth? And do you know, he had one word that of his secret, and it was tithing. So tithing yeah. is even different than giving, right? It because yeah. it's a regular way of giving. And what he said was, I've never known anyone who tithe at least 10% of their earnings that they didn't have it coming back tenfold. Yeah. And he said, just reaching out and helping somebody else brings that energy to you. So right. just starting on a business level, personal level, I know so many organizations that I've worked with is they started tithing. So, uh, right. well, I'll, a great example is uh, Proctor Gallagher Institute. So Bob yep. Proctor's um, organization, the very first check that they write every single week is to the Unstoppable Foundation. Wow. And when they made a commitment, um, to donate each kind of year they went up very significantly and Sandy at one of our events back in uh, 2017, she stood up on stage and made this big commitment and it was a big gulp and, you know, she wasn't really sure how she was going to do it. And literally within a couple of weeks, she ended up getting a, a two new clients that was like double the commitment that she made. And what they said was, and this is what Bob said, he said, as he gives, he took, he kind of like attributes his giving journey to me because I've asked him and it stretched him. And, um, but he said, it's made them a better company. It's made them, you know, more inspired human beings. So when you, and he's look who he is and the good that he does. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it's powerful and people, you know, I mean, there's so many, I mean, oh my gosh, there's so many, um, uh, you know, using your business as a social purpose, you know, like uh, attaching some sort of a cause. They had a study. There's many, many studies that have been done, but basically in price are equal. People will choose to purchase a product or service that is around a cause. Yes. So if you can align what you're doing, you know, with the cause, it will, it, it'll, you'll magnetize your people to be a part of your tribe. Yeah. And I mean, at no cost to you. 
really, you know, when I, when I look at those different business models, I'm like, okay, what is it costing you? Maybe, maybe the price of giving a sticker or a tote bag or whatever kind of the swag is that goes with the match or something, you know, it's, it's such a little, a little bit of an investment that just has a massive impact. And I do think like the generations below me, like that is a thing that they are all looking for, like from buying stock to, you know, the purchases that they make on the day to day, like they want the social cause behind it which, you know, gives me a little bit of extra hope, I think, in regards to Yeah, that. no I'm kidding. Sure. I hear you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I, I know you kind of have these, these six benefits of giving. I know we've touched on some of them, but I really want to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, just, just drive them all home. So, you know, number one you have is giving activates receiving, like we said. So just, just yeah. hit on that a little bit more for us. Yeah. So I love that too, because you know, you know, the scriptures just getting down to the basics, the, you know, it says give and it shall be given unto you. Right. It's not wait until you receive or have more time or more money or your kids are in school or out of school. Giving activates receiving. And if we hold on, you know, to something for dear life, even if you're a billionaire and you're not, you know, if you're just afraid you're going to lose it, you're not really a prosperous person, right? It's like, oh my gosh, if you're afraid of losing it. So I think the key thing, it's like, no matter what you want, is it more love? Is it more connection? You know, is it uh, better friendships? You be the one, you know, to activate the giving. And again, not as a trade. That's a really important piece, right? So when you're giving, let's say, let's say that I reach out to you and, um, you know, give you more time or whatever. And you're not really kind of giving it back to me. That's not a problem, right? That's okay. Because you know, it's going to come somewhere else, whether it's a customer or, you know, whatever. So you, if you come from a place of giving, it will come back. It's just, you don't, it will clothe itself into something different. Right. And knowing at which level that you can give, like you just said, like if you are, pulling your hair out, stressed out to the nines, you should give, but maybe it doesn't mean you're tacking 20 hours worth of volunteer work on top of your pile. That's you right. know, So really kind of That's qualifying right. that or quantifying it, depending on how you want to look at it, but as to accommodating you and knowing that it doesn't have to be, because sometimes I feel people think if they can't give big, they can't give. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, and that's so not true. Right. Exactly. I mean, look at how many crowdsourcing campaigns and all the different campaigns out there that are, you know, average 25 bucks a head, um, in giving that raise, um, you know, and I think I want to say something about that. Oh, go ahead. No, no, no. You go. Well, you know, I think people want to be, yeah. People want to be people. What is a philanthropist? It's a lover of humanity. Right. And, you know, when you look at all of the great social challenges that have happened, you know, been solved throughout history, even with polio, you know, and remember the March of Dimes, literally it was eradicated through this campaign where people gave nickels and pennies and quarters. And the key thing is when the collective comes together it's not like just the billionaires that can solve the problem. It's the collective that comes together. We really can solve any, uh, you know, like mine is education for every child. Every child would be, could be in school if we all came together and said, I want to do a little bit. Right, right. So how do you, so, so it's important. 
in response to that, I've, I've actually heard people say like, I'm overwhelmed by the causes I'm overwhelmed. So then I give nothing because I'm so paralyzed by the world today or what I see on social media or any of that stuff. So how do you kind of respond yeah. to people with that question? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. So the, so some people get into analysis paralysis. Yeah. Yeah. So we got to kind of get into this, right? So mm -hmm. are they using as, as, are they truly overwhelmed or they go, okay, where's my money going? And they do all this research and then you're looking into this and, and then you get overwhelmed and you don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And so what I recommend is you do something and realize that as you're giving, you're giving unto God, you're giving, you know, to the universe, you're giving, call it whatever you want. And like with Bob's strategy, it's like, if you try to, uh, control every little thing that you give and what that outcome is going yep. to be, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. So I just recommend, you know, do what you can with where you are in that moment, like Cammy. She could pray. She could, you know, set or have a smile. She gave a little bit of money. It's like, what can you do that you feel inspired by in the moment? And as you do that, you'll start to create some momentum because nice. to not give because you're overwhelmed. Yeah. It's you're in a, in a cycle um, that you can't get out of. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to be blunt, that's about you, <laughs> you know, exactly. and that, that's, that's what true. ends up happening. Right. Um, which is not kind of that that feeling. And like you said, it makes you feel great when you do give. So, and it's, and it's good for your pocketbook is one of the things you had too. Like you said, so one tax write-off two from just the universal right. of the money coming back. Right. So both ends of the spectrum right. for that. Right. That is exactly it. Kind of like the tithing that we talked about. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many, I mean, there, you know, another one is with, um, the uh, USANA, the, the, they were, they're, they're a network marketing organization. Yep. They were found, founded by Dr. Wenz many, many years ago. His vision was to eradicate, you know, poverty and illness and sickness, you know, through his nutraceuticals. And he got like so many people, thousands and thousands of distributors rallied around this mission. And maybe 10 years into it, he started noticing, you know, there was kind of a, they weren't growing and they hired Peggy Pelosi, who went in and really looked at what was going on. And they found that the company lost their soul, right? They started focusing on the business more and not really what they were doing, you know, what, like what they were making a difference uh, in the purpose that Dr. Wenz had. So she literally found an organization, the Children's Hunger Fund that she, she did a partnership with USANA and their nutraceuticals. And as they started giving this, this product or money to this orphanage in, um, I don't recall where it was, somewhere in a developing country where the children are, you know, high mortality rate. As they saw the, the stories come back in, it invigorated, not only did it invigorate the company, but their stocks went, they, you know, rose like 3000%. They became like number one of the number one people to work for in Utah. And it was like, they found their soul again. So that, that really demonstrated a real financial um, growth in their company when they aligned with the cause that, that people were inspired by. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, I love, I love the fact that you say it feels like they lost their soul. Right. Cause I think, I think there's a lot of companies grappling with that right now, quite frankly, with the people and the human aspect and the connection to, to their employees and whatnot. Um, you know, and I think as humans, we do get kind of mired down in the craziness and in our worlds, but to be able to step into a workplace where that's the norm, where giving is a norm, where yeah. connecting with fellow humans is the norm and appreciating everybody, you know, that is such a powerful thing financially, I would think. Yeah. It's incredible. It is. You know, part of our team is we have these values that we talk about on every team call. And one of them is to leave people with an impression of increase, feeling uplifted and heard. That's yeah. another, that's another way of giving right to each other. We want you to feel better about yourself as a result of our interaction. So again, it's like it, you know, giving is such a wide scale of things that you can do that really make a difference. Yeah. I mean, I want to, I want to drill down a little bit on the, the herd aspect of that, right? Because I think people don't, don't necessarily look at that because I think oftentimes, especially if you're, you're talking networking or business, like you're, you're thinking about your next thought, right. (laughs) Instead of just genuinely hearing someone and understanding Mm -hmm. where they're at. Um, the quote is escaping me seen, soothed and heard. Is that Mr. Mr. Rogers quote that talks about that? Um, but I think it goes for us adults too, because it was geared towards children. But, you know, so how do you think people can go about just having people feel heard around them? Yes. Such a great question. And how, how many times are you with someone who is really listening? They're really listening and it's very healing. I remember this one woman that I knew maybe 10 years ago. And when I was in her presence, it was actually a little uncomfortable. I always kind of feel a little uncomfortable if if I'm just talking about myself, you know, I'll immediately start asking questions, but it was like, she kept, you know, nope, I want to know this, you know, and just deeply heard me. And it was like, when you feel heard, it's, and that is a gift. Yes. When you can give that to somebody else, it is exceedingly powerful. And the way you do it is you stop talking <laughs> and you really hear them, you know, and asking questions and feeling, giving them a moment to feel as opposed to going into your next question or talking about what you want to. I think it's one of the greatest gifts you can give somebody. I agree. I agree. And I mean, imagine, I just, I just imagine a world in which that was a thing (laughs) like all over the place. And I am going to hold as much space for it to continue to be a thing, but also, you know, on the, on the side of understanding when you're holding space for someone to be heard, you know, oftentimes I speak a lot about how, um, just saying, Oh, how are you? Like, is like the new high, right. Instead of just saying, I hope you're well, which if you don't, if you can't necessarily hold the space to listen, it's okay. Right. Because we all have our stuff, but know that about yourself at that moment and, you know, bless and release in some other way, but really being able to kind of be honest with yourself about what space you can hold and, you know, holding it where you can. Right. Yeah. That, right. Cause you're right. You're, you don't always have an opportunity. Um, and just being authentic about that. I like right. that. Just right. saying, you know, I hope you're well, great to see you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Cause I think also we've always, 
So most, most of us have been on the end of things when somebody asks, how are you? And then you tell them and you can see the awkwardness between you two. And you're like, oh, you didn't really want to know, <laughs> but there is such yeah, value. Exactly. Yeah. But there's such value in yeah, just, it really is. just genuinely listening. Right. No, I was just thinking like, you know, for me, if somebody says, how are you? I don't really go into much detail until I know they really, really want to know. And then I'll go into a little more. Yeah. Because it's just like, you know, why really go into something if you feel like people don't really care? I'm not going to waste my time. I don't need to just hear myself talk. No. So, yeah. No. And I think it's learning that and learning and valuing right. those, those few people, because I, I'm, I'm the type of person I would much rather quality in my circle than quantity mm-hmm. um, because of exactly that. I don't, I'm not good at non-deep conversations. <laughs> Right. Surface level. <laughs> Not my, this is why I do this. So, but anyway, this is why exactly. You totally found your calling, Michelle. It's amazing. Yeah. I just, and because you get to learn so much about somebody too. And again, it is a, you know, your giving is activating the receiving on a lot of levels, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. thing. Um, well, and how uninspiring is it to be with somebody where they're talking the whole time and they're not even asking you questions and it's not this exchange. It's very unsatisfying. Yeah. And just, you know, not nice on some levels, depending on, you know, what, what the dynamic is. And I think, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it shows kind of a lack of curiosity and sometimes people can't help it. Right. Because they're in that place. Right. And we've all been in that place when we're all consumed, um, which, you know, in that, when you're in that kind of neighborhood, the giving needs to start, right? Another catalyst for giving. That's right. That's a place you can start easy. Right. Easy. Right. Easy peasy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, anything else that you kind of want to impart to our audience around, you know, what you've learned about giving, what you've seen, anything like that in your, in your travels? You know, I just think for me, because I've never been motivated by money. It's always been, what does that money make possible? Exactly. So I think as you're really looking at your business and if you want to integrate, you're like, okay, I love the idea of integrating a purpose, a cause in my, my business, Um, you know, and then just looking for what is that and how can you start, you know, simply Um, I mean, I've done some crazy things. So when I, you know, my second book came out and I wanted to continue to find another, you know, way that I could give and was invited to this rural African women conference. And literally the only thing I knew about this conference was that people were coming together from East or uh, rural Kenya. Women were coming to share their stories. That's all I knew. And I felt like I should go there. And so I knew one person who was going, I literally within a couple of weeks had booked my flight, flew over there and met with 40 women from uh, North America. We get on this bus, like this big old kind of, you know, no shock absorbers bus <laughs> yeah. and we're driving, you know, 15 hours and I'm like, and I'm getting like cranky and I'm hot, you know, and I'm thinking, God help me get over my little self so that I don't miss why I'm here. Right. And I got to this place. We, you know, we pulled down the road and there's all these women waiting 
And we got off the bus and we started singing and kind of dancing. And I felt like I was in heaven. And for five days, I sat with these women. I heard their stories and I started with, oh my God, feeling just overwhelming compassion to then starting to feel pissed off that like, how is this okay? Yeah. That, you yeah. know, just by virtue of where you're born, this is your situation. Your, your children are dying of malaria for the price of a cup of coffee. They could have been right. treated and right. all of this stuff. So literally, you know, as I'm leaving, you know, we all kind of cried and held each other and they're like, please don't forget us. And I'm thinking, who am I? Like, what can I do? This problem has been going on for centuries. You know, the challenges in East Africa and developing countries, but I promised them I would do something. And it started where, with my birthday, when I turned 50 years old, I thought I will turn this into a fundraiser. Liz Edlick, I know that you yeah. have, you from Radical Skincare, you, and you had, uh, you interviewed her. She, she's been such a dear friend. She was there. Bob Proctor was there. Marcy Scheinmoff was there. Mary Morrissey. And um, so I turned my birthday into a fundraiser. And that again was this profound experience. People were coming up to me and thanking me for the opportunity to give. I, we raised $80,000. It helped build two schools in East Africa. And again, I thought, oh my God, if I could just do this in one night, what could I do if I actually put my mind and heart into it? Yeah. And that was really the beginning of starting the Unstoppable Foundation. And I did it with my on the side for the first couple of years. And then it's like, I can't do my business anymore. Yeah. And literally when I made the decision that I was all in, it was like people came to support, to be a part of it. And now, you know, we've, you know, impacted over half a million people. We have these incredible supporters and um, are working with families, you know, who are barely surviving to actually thriving, having healthcare, access to clean water, education, the opportunity to go to college, the opportunity to become leaders, you know, leadership training and things like that. But the key thing is I never felt capable of doing anything. That was never my big vision. Right. All I was doing was responding to that tug of my heart. Yeah. And then things unfolded. So I think that's what I would encourage people. It's like, notice, notice where you feel drawn notice where you see injustice. You know, it's like people have come to me before and they're like, well, why are you doing things in Africa? You look at all the challenges in our backyard. I'm like, if that's where you feel inspired, yeah, you should do it. Exactly. You know, don't point your finger at me. I'm doing what I feel called to do. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just look and do something little. Like I had a birthday party. It wasn't a big thing but it really shifted the trajectory of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's, it's a, it's the, the power of giving and receiving, right? It's, it's twofold there. And, you know, for those of you listening, if you can just put your, yourselves in the shoes of those women who said, just don't forget about us. Can you even imagine for those of us living in the U S UK, Europe, and a lot of the listeners um, saying that, saying that, and then holding your child's hand and watching people walk away and hoping they come back. 
you know, I just, I can't even, it makes me, ah, um, makes me want to cry while I'm sitting here just for that. Um, yeah. but it, you just yeah. raise so many good points that doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be this massive thing, but it does have to be a give mm-hmm. and that's it. Right? That's, right. that's it. That's it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Can you tell and people so many opportunities? Yeah. No, I just want, I just want to make sure people know where they can find you quite frankly, because <laughs> they need to give here. if they're awesome. looking to give, I mean, we're right at giving Yay. Tuesday folks. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we have the, the thing too, is you can champion a child. That's kind of like our real a focus is that, you know, f- for $31 a month, you're really championing a child with the things we talked about, education, clean mm-hmm. water, healthcare, like all the things that um, we take for granted for our own children. So anyway, you can go to unstoppablefoundation.org, learn more about what we do. If you feel inspired, you know, you can reach out, you can make a donation, you can see how you could get more involved. And if not us, find something that inspires you. If this is, you know, Giving Tuesdays coming up, find a way that you can give and just notice how enriched your life is when you take the time or you invest money or whatever you're investing in, in the life of another person and and what that does for you. I love it. Well, Cynthia, you've, you've made my day. I'm not going to lie there. You've you've definitely given me my friend. Um, So, you know, thank you so much. And folks, again, go to the show notes, Google Cynthia, you're going to find her. And she's got some amazing things that you will find. And Cynthia, thank you so much for being here with me today. Gosh, it's my pleasure. And just appreciate you and everything you're doing to inspire other people to live their best life. So, so nice to meet you and just continued success. Thank you very much. So just to kind of wrap up this episode, similar to what I said in the beginning, you know, find a person, find an organization. If you're looking for one, the Unstoppable Foundation does amazing work and you can go visit their website. And by all means, I encourage you to give to them. But if that's not necessarily what's calling you, that's okay. Just find something or someone that really kind of lights you up that you can give to, you know, this holiday season or just year round folks. I think a lot of these organizations, especially they get kind of a huge influx around this time of year, but they really could use it year round. And just to kind of recap, Cynthia actually has six benefits of giving. Number one is giving activates receiving. Two, it makes you feel great. It does, guys. Um, Three, it's good for your pocketbook. Four, giving is good for business. Five, giving invigorates your life and business. And six, the world needs you and your gifts. So it doesn't matter if it's a huge gift or a small gift, whatever you're able to give, please give this week. And on next week's show, we are kicking off our month of giving gifts to you. And next week's episode is the gift of a thriving workplace. And I'm joined by Leslie McIntyre Tavella, who is a beautiful human being. And she's going to be talking about all about how to create a people first workspace, which is so important right now with everything that's going on. But again, the gift of a thriving workplace. And as we go up throughout the month, you're going to see the gift of balance and breath, the gift of fun, and so many other incredible topics that we have lined up for you for the month of December. And if you love this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, download, follow, rate, and review. And you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little more resilience in their life, right? See you later.